0: It you've got two choices. You can either keep pretending like nothing bad's ever gonna happen to you and then when it does, you're saying, "Uh uh-oh, or you can get ahead of what's coming so that when it does, not if, you're ready for it and you're sitting pretty, sipping on Mai Tais next to the pool, working on that Caribbean suntan because you got it covered. So folks, it's time for you to learn the truth about money. It's time for you to take back control of your money so that you are ready for what's about to happen. By doing that, you're setting yourself up for absolute success. No matter what comes your way, you're ready for it. And that's what I want for you, and I wanna help you with that. So go to chrisnoggle.com and sign up for the Wealth Webinar. We do them every Wednesday at 1 p.m. and you need to be there because it's time. For over 90 years, we've been crash testing our cars in the tireless pursuit of automotive safety. At Volvo, safety's been first since 1927 we've saved millions of lives with the invention of the three-point seatbelt in 1959 at volvo we've made driving safer for you and them
1: visit safety.finleyvolvo.com to learn more
0: so they say if you give a man a gun he'll rob a bank but if you give a man a bank He'll rob everybody. The good news for you is Private Money Club runs solely on peer-to-peer relationships which means no banks allowed. So finally, there's a community for real estate entrepreneurs where it is truly a win-win solution. This community is a place where you can connect with other lenders and other borrowers. And the end results, massive growth for you. You get to build your real estate empire and you get to do it solving other people's problems. So if that sounds like a place you wanna be, well then join us. Go to privatemoneyclub.com forward slash Kelly. And if you want 500 bucks off, just add Add the code Kelly five hundred, and I'll knock five hundred bucks off the premier membership. We'll see you on the inside.
1: Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast, where attitude is everything. On uh, today's show, I'm very, very honored. I had to uh, push this woman back a couple, like about a month, because while I was up in Utah, uh, but one of my friends calls. like the bat. Uh, it's like the the bat signal goes out. Mr. Gary Spellman. When Gary Spellman calls me and says, "Hey Kelly, you need to have." This woman on the podcast because she is making such a huge impact in the world and, and so many lives, you listen. I've learned to listen to Gary Spellman because he's one of the, I mean, honestly, one of the most influential people in my life. And, and he has been an incredible, incredible man in my family. But when I, uh, I so I heard that and I reached out right away and I tell you the the passion, the love came right through the phone. This is a celebrity makeup artist who's worked at uh, Fashion Week in in New York in Paris uh, in the Maldives. Uh, she worked with Tony Robbins, countless celebrities all over the place but then she turned her whole entire focus on shining the light on the people who don't have the voice, being the voice for that. And so it's amazing to be able to see someone in the professional beauty industry that is looking and saying, what impact can this beauty have on people at a cellular level? So I want, uh, I'm just honored and uh, I, I'm so excited to be able to have this young lady on the show. Please welcome celebrity uh, makeup artist, Veronica Robles. Hi, how are you? It's good to see you. Nice to see you too. Let me let me ask you this right off the bat. You came from you came from Texas. You cannot be a Dallas Cowboy fan. (laughs)
2: You're like no, you
1: don't like them. Oh, growing growing up in Texas, growing up Latina. We talked about it earlier before we started too. Uh was there was there a little spice in the family uh when you when you when you were growing up? Did were mom a mom and pop were they a little uh did they have a little discipline to them?
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. We what know ki- this.
1: What kind of discipline?
2: Well, I think you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So help me we hel-
2: talking about this.
1: <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Because you we here
2: and there, you know. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, what I want to let you all know that are out there listening and watching, Veronica told me that there was nothing off limits. Now Veronica deals with a very, very serious matter. She's helping women to be able to get back on their feet. It's uh, tell me tell me the organization's name.
2: New Light, New Life.
1: New light, new life. And so we have a link, and I want you to go to that link. I Actually, just pause the the podcast right now, this episode right now. Pause this. I don't ask this of uh, many people on many episodes, or if ever. But I want you to pause me right now. I want you to go to the bio, and I want you to click the link to be able to see the impact that Veronica is having. So again, we have a very serious matter, and we're going to get into that, but it comes with a, it it comes from a, a purpose that, you know, you started off in the professional beauty industry, right? So you started in, in Texas. Yes. And you get into that. Why makeup? You went to cosmetology, but then you went directly towards makeup. Why, why was that?
2: You know, honestly, it's something that I've always wanted to do since I was a little girl. I think I was like three or four years old when I would play with makeup and I would watch beauty pageants on TV. And I always said, that's what I want to do. And I, and you know, I went to a Catholic school, so I was taught in a Catholic school as a little girl <laughs> and there's no makeup in school. And so when my mom decided, you know, you guys are going to go to public school now. I mean, I was like, yes, I get to wear makeup. So I got out of, you know, I started going to school and and then they offered cosmetology and i said oh my gosh i want to do this i started playing with the makeup and i knew it was something i would want to do and i moved to las vegas and when i got here it just was like you know i just knew it was something i would do and uh you know shortly after i started working in a cosmetic department and shortly after that i get offered a job working traveling as a national makeup artist and i said you know what i love this And it's just been in me since I was a little girl, so.
1: So tell me some of the things that you, uh, like the, the lessons that you got from mom and pops that you were able to apply because you said when you got to Vegas, I mean, things jumped off for you, like things started to move very fast. I'm always skittish of these kind of things because when someone says like, hey, it jumped off, they jumped off because of your character, because of your work ethic and the things that you were willing to do that other people weren't willing to do. Can you let us into some of those things that were maybe simple and, you know, normal to you that really differentiated you from the pack?
2: Well, i'm not just i'm a i'm a people person i love people i like to help people and when i was working in departments department stores i'm just very like hi guys and you know everybody knew me and one day I was dealing with clients and the clients would come in and they buy everything I would show them. And I was just like, I don't know how I do it. I just talk to them and they buy it. (laughs) And So they it's I slowly started growing within the company and I just knew it was something I would always do. And then shortly after that, I said, you know, I need to go on my own. I need to do this on my own. And I've been doing makeup for 27 years and I I genuinely can tell you, I love what I do. So it is I love what I do.
1: Let me ask you this, uh, Veronica, because when you see a person who has a bubbly personality who is a people person, things like that, a lot of times, and this is just my own side or sure. that has the ability to be able to laugh and we were laughing I mean my belly was hurting before we started recording <laughs> and that that connection point a lot of times that comes from trauma early on in our lives Indeed. you might be. Maybe you're the superhero that just came out, that was bubbly, that had that. Was no, there that, that doesn't was, happen. You know, what? was there was there the traumas that because for myself, like I like to laugh, I like to keep things light, everything. But the reason why is because there was a lot of pain early on. Was there trauma, and if so, what was it?
2: Um, the divorce, hence why I left the Catholic school. Um, as a child, I was in a Catholic school till about, I would say fourth or fifth grade. And I knew that once they got a divorce, I would not be at that school anymore. Mm -hmm. And they pulled us out of the school. I ended up going to public school, but the divorce is super traumatic, super. And that was one of the things that really taught me to be a better mom and taught me to say, you know what? I'm not gonna do the things that I experienced. I mean, I we have been divorced for six years and it was, I was married for over 20 years. I got a divorce six years ago. And it was something that I didn't want my kids to go through anything traumatic, like what I went through as a child, I wanted my kids to have a happy upbringing, seeing their parents get along. We get along great. I have a great relationship with my ex because of that, because I believe that kids need to see a positive environment. They need to be happy because my environment was less than happy, you know, as a child. But I always said, it's okay. I'm going to be happy because everybody else is miserable. So I'm going to be happy. And I continued to live that life. And I was told my kids, no matter what, put a smile on your face, be happy, try to find the joy in things because life can be hectic it can be a little scary and you have to find a way to be happy you know and bring joy to the world and I think that's why this is so near and dear to me the physical abuse I saw as a child I I just it really it's a trigger for me to see people get hurt it's a huge trigger
1: take it take us to that how old are you when you when the when the abuse is happening does it happen to you um, how old are you, and what are you actually seeing? Because I, I, the reason why I ask this is because there's so many people out there that think they're alone. There's so sure. many people out there that think like, you know, because we'll hear the glaze over. We'll hear, oh, wow, I had a rough upbringing, yada, yada, yada. I got into this business. I'm working my passion. I love people, and now I'm blessing people. And 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 there's so many people out there that are in it right now and that are in the abusive situations that are thinking, but can you sit in that for a second? Like, let's talk about that part because I'm not through it. So what what age was the, did the abuse start uh, or did you start seeing it? Did it happen to you? And what, what specifically was it?
2: Well, definitely the abuse happened as a child seeing the violence in the home. It is something that I still deal with in my current life now, where I can't even see two people get physical with each other where there's violence. Because if I see violence, I physically get sick. I will Mm. literally throw up. That's how much it triggers me to see people get physically violent with each other. I just shared a story with you just a few minutes ago before we started and it upset me so much that I called the police because this little boy was standing you know, right outside, um, just on a street, standing next to a tree, and the little boy was crying and he was scared. And I said to my daughter, I was on the phone with my daughter, I said, Um, something's wrong with this little boy. And she's like, Leave him alone. He's fine. And I said, No, something's wrong with this little boy. And um I literally turned my car around and I went to get to the little boy and it, just before I get to him, someone in his car, a parent, I'm assuming a mom or a dad gets there and the little boy goes to open the door. And as he goes to open the door, the little boy starts fighting where he's getting beaten down. And I was just like, oh my God, I literally start freaking out. So I call 911 and I park right next to the lady. The lady has no idea that, or whoever it was a man or a woman. Um, uh, they had no idea. I was writing down their license plate, the type of car, and I drove behind them until they got to their home. And I was sat there and I was like, please send a police officer because this child was beaten so bad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no child fights back yeah. unless they're always beaten. So that is a huge trigger for me. Like mm-hmm. kids don't need to be beaten. You know, women don't need to be beaten. We're not an object that you can just beat on. You know, and it's just—it's a huge problem for me. And yes, going back to my childhood, it happened a lot when we were kids. What age? What
1: what age did it start? And did it start with you seeing your mom go at your or your dad go at your mom, or was it your 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 parents coming towards you as kids?
2: It was. It was my my mom and my dad. The violence between them, and it still the you know it continued till about till. I was about 9 or 10 years old, and they got a divorce. And from that point on, I was just – I kind of was relieved when they got a, re- a divorce because I knew. You know, most pa- kids, you know, pray their their parents don't get a divorce. But I was like, whew, it's done. It's done. No more fighting. It's The chaos is done, you know, because we saw it as children. And, you know – What, what I, age you did know, you re-
1: – Veronica, what age did you register it? Because a lot of times as a child, you think – like this is normal behavior, right? This is just this is just normal. This is what people do. So so take us to a place, give us the age, set the room for us, and then take us through one of the scenarios that you saw. The reason why I say this is because, again, most of the time, people who are in it, and there's people out there listening right now that are in it that are like, I'm alone. Like this doesn't happen to anybody else. And or they maybe have gone through it and they've t- pushed it so far down, that they've become the bubbly person that they've got involved with a cause and they don't know why.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, so set the stage for us if you can, because you told me nothing's off limits. Yeah. Set the stage for us. How old are you? What does the room look like? And what is happening?
2: One story I can tell you, I was at the school that I went to, which was a Catholic school. And, I'm in the car and my mom and my dad are fighting over us. And as they're sitting there fighting over us, we're in the car. He is banging on her window and she is fighting him off. And next thing you know, she goes to throw the van on top of him to run him over because they're fighting so much. And I sat there and I said, Oh my God, my parents are out of control like this is out of control and we were little kids we were in i think i was like in kinder or first grade something like that and i remember looking back and i said i remember these moments being like wow my parents are just so violent towards each other and when they when the divorce was happening I just knew that it just was something that was needed for them because it was so bad. They're all, they were they always had these fights and it was always happening, you know, being a little girl sitting in the car, thinking to myself, A, you're going to kill my dad or B, he is going to kill you because all you guys do is fight over, you know, betrayals and cheating and things like that. And, you know, and then I go through it in my life as an adult. I never went through any physical violence in my marriage but the verbal abuse, those things were very real. And I always, you know, I didn't think there was a way out. And what took me into the, um, the field of, you know, listening to the Tony Robbins and the Dr. Wayne Dyer was because I needed something for me to be okay. And that's why I started going into that field. I was driving my kids crazy listening to every podcast, every video for, you know, with Dr. Wayne Dyer, Tony Robbins. I was literally just immersed into it. And I just wanted to heal myself from what I had been through as a child.
1: So take us to, let's, let's move on. Like I want to move on, but I want to move on in the timeline. You see this as a kindergartner. Uh, What age do your parents get divorced?
2: I was about nine years old.
1: Okay. at nine years old, they get divorced. You're relieved. You're, you know, you're solace. Are you really close with your brothers and sisters or is there...
2: Yeah. I'm very close. With my okay.
1: Finances. And this drew you closer. This, this yeah. situa- these situations yeah. you go through that most of the time, this just, mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of times you see a kid that grows up in that is then attracted to boys that do the same thing. Did you go through yeah. this?
2: Yeah. They say you marry your father, right? Mm-hmm. Women usually will marry their father, whether they like it or not. Um, You know, it was, for me, it was one of those things where I wanted that assertive, strong man that was going to be, you know, just take care of you. Right. And, um, and I sure did. I married a man just like my father in so many aspects, just the the grooming, the way he took care of himself. He was very much like my father. Um, but I never had the strength and it didn't take till I was 39 years old for me to start finding my voice. I'm 45. And I was 39 years old when I decided I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. But I knew that the moment I walked away, I was walking away with nothing. I walked away with $300 and three kids. Whoa. I know, um, and it was tough. It
1: so was Veronica, tough. Tough how night. long how long before you walked away? Um, in working with women for 30 years, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing because I got the chance to be able to have conversations with women three years before they made the move, but they knew the move was coming and they were planning, you know, for it, which I applaud a woman for doing. Yeah. Take us into the mentality of a woman that has been married for 20 years. You know, you're walking away with nothing. You got three kids.
2: Yeah.
1: What's, what's in your heart, what's in your mind at the time. And, and, because there are women right now that have children that are listening. Sure. That are in those situations and they're saying like, I, I think I should stay, Veronica. I, I think I need to stay because it'll be, it'll just, I mean, it'll be easier for easier me right stay.
2: now. Right? Yeah. Well, I've heard those stories many times. It's easier to stay, but it's not. It's, it's harder to walk away. It takes courage to walk away, but I will be honest with you. It's the best decision of your life. Because you grow as a person. I'll never forget. I was told once by a woman who said to me, "Um, I can't walk away. I don't know how to do anything. And I said, I left my home with $300. I had no idea what credit was. I had no idea how to build it because I never handled my finances. He handled the finances. So when I walk away, I'm learning, gosh, how do you pay a bill? how do I get a house? No one would give me a house. I was trying to rent a house. They would tell me, well, you don't have a good credit. And I'm like, wait, why? What's wrong with my credit? I had no idea that there was all these problems. And I had to find a way to repair my own credit. I had to find a way to say, okay, how are you going to learn how to make your own money? And I was a makeup artist. So I already knew that I had a job, right? But when you don't know how to survive, you don't know how to get ahead. And so at 39 years old people are like were you living under a rock <laughs> I'm like, <"Good>, like kinda <laughs> i was in a little bubble and um now you know it's it. you feel like it's hard to get out and it really is because it took me a really long time to walk away but when i finally did it i felt that sense of relief i knew it was going to be hard i knew my kids were going to struggle But I literally surrounded my kids with so much love and light that I was always talking to them about God. And and my kids are sick of it. I always tell them we have a God day because we're always putting on, you know, I put up God movies and I talk to them. I'm like, you know, we have to keep ourselves happy and bring in good energy in this home so that we can be happy. We can't allow all the negativity to surround us. We have to bring in the good things. And my kids are just like, now they always say yes. You know, like I was telling them when I drop them off this morning, I said, make good choices. They're like, can you not do that when the window is open? (laughs) And I'll, I'll say to them, you know, I'll say stuff to them, like just something silly. And my kids are just like, yes, mom. I'll have a a blessed day or whatever. You know, they always laugh at me because they say, you're just silly, mom. I'm like, I know. I just want you guys to have a good day. And always, you know, for me, God's so important and I live my life that way. And I speak it every single day. What I speak is what it is, you know? So.
1: So what became so clear now that you're on the other side, when you look back, um, and I've seen this happen before, and I'm an advocate, a huge advocate of marriage. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very happily married, but I'm also divorced too. And so mm-hmm. I've been divorced. Um, so I'm not judging divorce. Um, but I have seen times where there'll be the man in the relationship, and I'm going to give guys out there that are listening in a hard time right now. Um, I'll see them put things in play that the woman won't see at the time. But they're putting things in play, so it's the scenario that you dealt with, which was very hard to leave, they almost, they don't have, they feel like they don't have an option, but that was created because the man did it piece by piece and put it in line. What things do you see so clearly now that you didn't see then, and if you could give that kind of blueprint or map as something for women right now to look out for in their relationships?
2: I think the manipulation, that's the what, biggest thing. What manipulation, what, might what,
1: what manipulation?
2: We're uh, not going to make it. You'll be back. You need me to survive. And I'm like, no, actually I don't let me show you how it's done. It's the manipulation, the lies, the betrayal that, oh, who's going to take you with three kids. I don't need anybody to take me with three kids because I am strong and independent and I can make it on my own. And even if no one ever comes into my life, I've got it. I've got me and my three kids and it's really believing that you can handle it because we always can. It's just that fear. The fear is always what we lead with, right? Instead of trusting, you really have to trust.
1: What about the specifics like the the little things the little actionable items and this is this is reverse right because most of the people ask actionable items so you can live a prosperous life or whatever that's not where i'm going what i'm going with is i want to know the little things like and i see this a lot of times where it's like oh we don't have to have your account or you don't have to have an account or you don't have to have credit cards. You don't have to have it in your name. I got it in mind. We're married. We're good. And I'm not saying that's always going to be bad. Yeah. But what are those little actionable items that now when you look back on your marriage, you were like, wow, these things were put in play and it caused a more of a challenge for me to leave when it was ready from when I was ready to leave.
2: I will say, I think the, the things that I, I just, you know, thinking that you can't make it on your own, that now you're just like, I can totally do it. Like, um, I think people think, well, I don't have enough money. Listen, I left with $300, $300. And it was tough. It's not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy. It's definitely not easy, but it is definitely, that's why there are resources, which I had no idea there were at the time. You know, I had no idea there was so many resources to be able to get on your feet as far as, um, you know for you to get started and i mean i had my job and luckily i mean i was blessed in the in the in the in the fact that i actually have a career that helped me and blessed me and shortly after i will tell you the moment i walked away my career took off it literally took off i went i was hired on to go do fashion week in paris then fashion week new york then again to paris and back and forth to maldives and i said wait a minute it's like Everything just took off the moment I walked away from him because I needed to get away from that negative energy mm. that was holding me down. But if I would have believed in myself before that, I probably would have done so much more. You know, I get hired on to do big shows here in Las Vegas right after that, which allowed me to be able to get a house, allowed me to start moving on with my life, which I didn't think I could, you know, because you're just like, wait, I, this is all there is. This is all there, there's going to be. And that's not true because we all know that the moment that you put yourself in a different light, you're literally growing, you're expanding. But because when you're in a dark place, you don't feel you can get out. You're like, no, this is as good as it's going to be. But That's not true. And we all know that's not true.
1: So let's let's talk. You were talking about being in the dark and you're talking about growing and having the light and things like that. So let's talk about the seed because this is the part that most people won't talk about and they don't go to. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. What, we, what I want you to understand, like, if again, if you're listening out there, you're watching. If you're watching, smash the subscribe button because my son will think I'm cool on, uh, on YouTube if I have more subscribers. If you're listening, I want you to write a review because then my son will think I'm cool then too. So I'm just trying to be cool to my son and my daughter. But the part that most people don't talk about is the seed, right? They, they You know, a lot of times we plant our own seed and then pray that God will bless them, as opposed to praying and asking God, which seed should I plant? If you were to look back in this situation with your marriage, now, obviously, you got some, you got great kids from it it's a blessing, all those things. What things do you see so clearly now that you would have said, er, maybe this relationship ain't for me from the beginning?
2: Oh, I know exactly. Um,
1: and, how moment- early, and how early did you see the signs? And what were they? Like, tell us the specific signs. Like, I saw him do X and I just said, oh, but he's cute. So I'll move on.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, when I was trying to have my second child, so there's a huge gap between my kids. Uh, my daughter's going to be 22. My son, Andrew's going to be 13. And my youngest is going to be 12. And, um, when I was trying to get pregnant for the second time and there was a huge gap and I couldn't get pregnant and I started like, I was like, no, maybe this will save my marriage if I have another baby. Mm-hmm. So I go and I literally go and have uh, infertility treatments. Then I get pregnant and I miscarry that baby. And I was like, okay, is this God's way? No, no. It just, just wasn't a pregnancy that needed to happen. So I continue like I'm going to have a baby. So I have another baby. And you know, during that pregnancy, I found out my husband was having an affair and I was like, Oh, well, you know, he didn't mean it. It's It's fine. He's, you know, he's going to stop talking to her because we have kids and he's not going to just, you know, uproot this marriage. He's just going to stay, you know, that was my thought. And I have the baby. Then after I have the baby, shortly after I found out he's still talking to somebody, but by then guess who goes to the doctor and says, um, I wanna go on birth control. The doctor says, well, we have to do a pregnancy test to see if you're pregnant. And I said, well, why? I said, I just had a baby three months ago. No, we are good. And he says to me, we still need to see. He gives me the pregnancy test, guess who's pregnant again. And I said, oh my God, okay, I'm definitely gonna be in this marriage for a hot minute because I'm pregnant again. Um, I have that baby and again, something else happens. And that was my determining factor that I said, you know, Even though I have kids and I've been dealing with this and I should have done it 13 years ago, 14 years ago, I still stayed because I said, you know, I don't think I can. I don't think I can make it on my own with just my daughter and I should have done it. But it's one of those moments where you're just like, it wasn't the right time and i think it's now was the time and and so 6 years ago i did and and it went through a period of me not really talking to my ex because i was upset with him but then i had to realize that it there was a reason why he had to do that and there was a reason god left me in that home for so long that i needed you know to learn from it and it made me stronger and now i can assure you none of that would ever happen because i would never let that happen again <laughs>
1: So so how does it like when you when you gain this strength when you when you do this stuff and and I dealt with this in in my marriage my my wife uh now uh Brooklyn who I love more than anything in the world when we first started off she was a very independent woman she was taught from a a, a dad that was like look you know she had her best friend had a problem with her one time and he was like invite her over you guys fight in the backyard and then you know you'll handle it and and then, you know, she grew up with a, a very strong mom, like, and, and as an independent woman. When we got together, there was a few challenges because I came from a side where my mom, like, wanted to make sure that my dad felt like the man. My, then I meet this woman who's awesome. I love her. I'm in love. I'm moving forward. And she's like, I don't need you. And so we had an adjustment that way. How will you adjust in the future? to be able to, you know, to be able to work. Now my wife is like, you know, she knows that I need to feel like the man, even though she could do it on her own. But that was an adjustment. And sometimes that causes a division in a relationship. How will you deal that with that as you move forward?
2: Well, I do believe we all need our better half, right? We really do. And we need that person that's going to walk with us. And you can't, what is it, demasculize a man You can't take away their strength and and say, oh, I don't need you because we know you can't do that. Uh, But at the same time, there are things that there's boundaries. Mm -hmm. You just don't cross those boundaries. There needs to be loyalty, honesty, trust. Everything needs to be transparent in a relationship. And, you know, I think you can work together. I think that's something that for me, it it hasn't jaded me to a point where I'm like, oh, no, no, man, no. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not like that. But I will tell you that I do feel like now I have my voice and my strength where I would never allow somebody to do that to me again. Where before I was like, no, this is as good as it's going to get. And that's not true. You know what I mean? But I think it takes time. It takes time. It takes a lot of, of life beating you up for lack of a better word, that you're just like, life really just takes a toll on you, but it's there to teach you to become stronger. Because that's what makes you grow. Anytime you go through heartache, that's what makes you stronger and you learn to grow as a person.
1: Veronica, I want you to look into the camera and Mm -hmm. I want you to talk to the woman who's in a relationship, an abusive relationship right now. She's in an abusive relationship, her man has put things in place that caused her to think that she's less than and that she can't leave and that she has to stay. And maybe she doesn't have a bank account. Maybe she doesn't have credit. Maybe she doesn't have a job. She has children involved and the the man is not only physically abusive, verbally abusive. And what would you say to that woman?
2: I would tell her, that it's time for her to walk away, love herself. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. And if you walk away and believe in yourself and believe, have faith that God's got your back, there's nothing, nothing that he can't do to help you. And I truly believe in my heart that if you want a new beginning, you can have it. There's nothing that can stop you. There is no limit to how far you can go in life. There really
1: isn't. What I love about people like you, Veronica, is the, the purpose. And the reason why I want to get the backstory is because that's why it's so impactful what you're doing with New Light and New Life. Because anyone could be a part of an organization, but when you live it, that's why I asked is because most of the time who, if there's a person helping hurt people, most of the time it's a hurt person that's helping those people. Right? Yeah, yeah. And this because is this you I've,
2: see I've been crying this whole time. This is what this
1: but this is this is real. And so there's a, a time you 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 leave, things start going well. It's not all roses. It's and I want to encourage the woman that she just spoke to that's in a, a challenging relationship. You're not gonna walk away. And walk onto a red carpet. You're not going to walk away and walk onto a plane going to Paris to do Fashion Week. That's not going to happen. There's going to be challenges. And when I say this, my mom went through it. My parents got separated. My mom walked away. And when she did, we went into hiding in Lompoc, California. And most of my friends are like, why did, you, did your mom always drop you at the bus stop? Because we couldn't be seen by my dad. Yeah. But what I, wanted, uh, what I wanted to talk about is there was an experience while you're doing all this celebrity, you're doing this beauty, and a lot of people see beauty on the outside. And especially being in the professional beauty industry for so long, a lot of people would be like, this is tough because I just feel like I'm working on just vanity. It ain't vanity, guys. The professional yeah. beauty industry is touching the heart and the soul. But there was something that touched your heart and your soul while you're working on these celebrities, while you're working at this highest high, high level in the makeup business and it changes everything for you take us to it
2: so I was working an event and this woman that you never in a million years would have thought was who would turn out who she would turn out to be this woman comes up to me and she says your work is beautiful I'd like to hire you to do makeup for about 10 girls and I looked at her I said sure no problem I said when is it for she told me the dates I mean, this lady was so prim and proper, and I just thought, okay, wonderful, no problem. I show up to do makeup, and there was 10 women. They were all from the Middle East. None of them really spoke English, but two at the very end, I end up finding out that two of them spoke English. And the lady's like, you do their makeup, and you just go home. That's it. I said, okay, great. I start doing the makeup, never thinking anything of it, and this happened 12 years ago.
1: Where is I'm this at? at? Where Where are you at?
2: Here in Las Vegas. Okay here in Las Vegas. And so as I'm sitting there doing their makeup, no one's really talking. And, um, two of the girls towards the end, they, one of them looks at the other one and she says, I'm scared with very broken English. And at that, that point I could see their fe- the fear in their eyes. And at that point I was just like, okay, why are you scared? And the girl looks at me and she says like that, she wouldn't answer. And the other girl goes, it's fine. We've been, it's, it's going to be fine. You know? And I, at that moment was like, I don't feel good about this whole thing. And, um, I knew at that moment that these two, these women, all of them were being sold that night. And I called one of my good friends that's with the police department. And I told her about it and I told her where they were. And, you know, I don't know what ended up happening with it, but, um, It was, we knew that that day these women would be sold. They were wearing all red dresses and it was a red Dior dress and they were going to a celebrity party. It's all we knew. And I just, that moment was one of those moments where I was like, there's so much fear in these women's eyes. There's so much fear. And I knew that they were being sold that night. And, you know, I spoke to one of my good friends and she says, unfortunately, that's the kind of stuff that happens, you know? And and I said, yeah, but it shouldn't. That he shouldn't because we're not for sale. You know, women are not for sale. And, you know, and she's just like, yeah, I know. She says, this is why we're constantly trying to fight that so that it doesn't happen anymore and you know right after that i started really working my mission on helping women helping them to reincorporate back into society once they get released and you know they're you know taken out of trafficking it was like how can i help them what can i do my talents are to do hair and makeup What else can I do? And I used to do styling for shoots and work on these amazing things. But I was like, what can I do? I have two hands and my hands can only do so much. What can I do? And I started realizing that it was something that I wanted to do was to create an organization to help them and give more than what I knew because I was like, okay, what did Veronica need to survive in life? She needed to learn how to manage her finances because I didn't know how to do that. So I needed financial literacy. I needed to learn how to build credit. So I was like, what are we going to give building credit? Why? Because I needed that. We needed wardrobe. So we're giving them wardrobe. We're giving them hair. We're giving them grooming etiquette, how to speak, how to interview things that are really important, but more importantly to work on themselves to love themselves change those limiting beliefs change the emotional side that caused them to stay there because a lot of it was lack of love maybe they came from a situation where they were in a foster home and they ran away and then they started getting trafficked. like there's so many scenarios on why people go into trafficking because it happens where they're taking from a party and you know those are the things that cause a lot of these young girls to fall into this. It's not like they said, Oh, I'm gonna go and, you know, start doing this to myself. No, it happens where they go somewhere and it, they're taken at that point. I mean, in other countries, like, you know, that uh, movie that just came out, you know, that's a different scenario where those are babies that are taken you know, those are different situations. And, you know, for me, it's just, it's something that I really, it's near and dear to my heart. And as you know, I talk about it and yeah. I just light up because it's so important. It's how can, so how important. can
1: somebody get involved? Like when you're talking about it, is it, is it a facility there in Las Vegas mm-hmm. that people go, that the women go to take us through that? Because, uh, we talked about it before we started, uh, recording, and this is such a heavy subject. It, it really is. Like it, I had, to, I went to the beach this morning and I had, I was praying this morning and I was asking, I was like, can, Lord, can you just bring me joy today? Because we're going to be talking about something heavy. But we mm-hmm. also talked about most of the time people shy away from the heavy because they're like, oh man, I don't know if I could carry that. Then I invite you out there, make it light some way. Like when I say make it light, I get a chance to talk to Veronica. We chatted before we started, and I was like, she, you know, she is very uh, sensitive to children getting whooped. And I was like, Veronica, you grew up in, in a Latina family. You got whooped, and Veronica started laughing. And then we started yeah. opening up, and we started having the dialogue. But there's so many people, it's heavy, and they stay away from it. I invite you. Get in touch with the people, connect with the people. The people will make the story something a little bit lighter where you can actually consume it. But take us into the facility, where's the facility at, and kind of like take us on a tour mentally on what the woman would experience. Like from the time that they walk in to the time that they leave.
2: So basically in our facility, we don't have a facility at this moment because we're in the process of getting everything up and running and getting it operational. So we don't have a facility at this moment. We're still in the process of getting it. We're praying that we're raising funds right now for it, but we're praying that once we get that going, uh, we're hoping within the next month or so we can get it up and running. Um, Once you walk into the facility, it's going to be very welcoming, but a lot of it is working on getting them scheduled for specific classes. Like we're going to start working on them emotionally, start working on their mind, body, and soul. Then we're actually going to help them with what do you want to do? Do you want to get a career? Do you want to get something to fall back on? Do you want a job? Let's get you a job. You know, we're going to give them the opportunities. And then the final bow on the whole thing is to give them a transformation, a physical transformation where they don't have to feel like they did when they were being trafficked or when they were, you know, living a different life. So we're going to do cut their hair, color their hair. We're going to help with teaching them how to apply their own makeup. So they know how to look, um, Appropriate for interviews and or just a new life. It's a new life. We're giving them a new opportunity for a new life. And that's what we're going to do within our facility. Our facility um, is going to encompass everything that's needed for them.
1: So talk yeah. about two, as far as relationship wise, because the reason why you and I got a chance to be able to connect is because of a phenomenal, influential guy uh, named Gary Spellman, who is unbelievable, has a PLH foundation. Um, I'm a huge fan, um, yeah. you know the the ultimate face uh, makeup or ultimate face cosmetics. Um, uh-huh. and he's just an incredible human being. But it's amazing because because of some of the people that you met. During the way along the way, those are the people that are helping to be able to champion this stuff, the Tony Robbins of the world, the Gary Spellman's of the world. Can you talk to that about, you know, those kind of relationships and how much they can impact your life?
2: I have to tell you, I met Gary Spellman through a fluke. Okay. I was in Nashville, a friend of mine, and it was actually pretty traumatic. I met Gary um, through a situation, one of his good friends was married to one of my great friends, Emma, and uh, at this event, uh, you know, she says, I want you to meet people. We're doing the CMAs in Nashville. And she's like, I want you to come out. And I said, sure. I go to the CMAs. I had a great time. I spent 10 days with them in Nashville. I met Gary when we went to a bike run. It was just fantastic. Right. I genuinely bonded with Gary so much. I don't know why. It was like instant connection. We just became really good friends at that point. And I never really spoke to him again. Two days after I get home, the unfortunate situation happened where um, my friend Emma lost her life. Her husband murdered her. And I was devastated because I'd known Emma for a long time and I loved her. And you know, I genuinely loved her husband too. And they both lost their life that day. And again, a domestic violence situation. And it was so traumatic for me. I spent days crying because I couldn't believe that I had just been in their house. Was I in their house for a reason? What was my reason for being there? And was he going to do it while I was there? Did it, why did it happen? Like it was so hurtful for me. But the one good thing that came out of it was my friendship with Gary. And I never spoke to him again for a few years till... I started this organization and I did, I kid with, um, uh, Gary, because I tell him, I said, Gary, I had a dream about you. And he's like, you're so funny, but I did, I kept hearing his name in my dream. And I said, I've, I got to call Gary Spellman. And I looked his number up and I said, Oh my God, I still have his phone number. So I sent him a message. I said, you're going to think I'm crazy. I said, but I found your phone number and I've had dreams with your name. I said, so I had to call you. And he was like, well, that's a compliment. And I said, Gary, you know, I'm just telling you there's a reason for it. Yeah. And I told him about the organization. He's like, I'm in, I'm all in whatever you need. I'm in, he goes, this is great what you're doing. So I love Gary. He's a good guy. He genuinely works from his heart. And, and that's who I like to surround myself with people who really, who really want to make a difference, who really love people and want to see a difference.
1: That's well, why. I, I think one of the big things is too is, is to get to know people before you ever need them. And I think a lot of times people will do the due diligence when the deal is about to happen as opposed to getting to know the people and becoming friends and getting to know them before you would ever need anything at all. And that's a, a, a massive one. Um, yeah. I want to I rewind a little bit too because I think that, you know, there's, there's so many uh, women out there that the abuse is on the way but they don't see it. And then when they have a woman like yourself that has gone through, when you look back, you're like, oh, that's a sign. That's a little thing. Like I had this talk with my daughter. She had a little boy in her life and the little boy was like, uh, you know, he, he was a, he's a nice kid. And then um, she talked to one of her friends and, and he got mad. And she was just talking to her friend and he got mad. And I, was, I, I, I told her, I said, red flag, and she's like, what, what, what do you mean, Daddy? I said, red flag. I said, you don't fix jealous. You ain't going to fix jealous. Like, and she's like, well, but I could see that. why?" And I said, no, no, no. I said, stop for a second. Do you have any feelings for that boy, the boy that you talked to, the friend? She's like, no. And I said, well, then there, you were doing nothing wrong. So don't justify his actions. And I said, honestly, just be aware. It's a red flag. Yeah. Talk to us and not even us. Talk to the women out there, the abused women. And if you're listening right now and you haven't told somebody, tell somebody. Talk yeah. to the abused women right now about the little tiny things that most women never ever see until they're so deep in it and the abuse is happening that, that it's being drawn in. Or that, the, that seeds are being planted so the abuse can happen and then it can be covered up?
2: Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. Um, how many times, you know, in situations, especially like with victims of human trafficking? But I love you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you. You know, how many times do women go through that kind of a situation? And it's not love. If someone has to put their hands on you and or hurt you, physically, emotionally, verbally is probably the most, the worst part, right? Because with verbal abuse will eventually come the physical abuse. What's the, verbal, the verbal
1: cues? cues. What's, what's the verbal cues though, uh, Veronica? And take us, take us back to your experience, like your experience. So, you know, what were the verbal cues that you saw as a little kid, mom to dad, dad to mom, and then what you saw in your relationships going, going forward as far as the specifics?
2: Well, as a child, I always wondered what I, I always heard them arguing and with the arguing, I'd always hear like um, you're beneath me. And uh, just the, the 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 words that they used towards each other were just so horrific as a child that I always knew something was coming. I knew a fight was coming right after it because of the language they would use towards each other. And as an adult uh, in my relationship, I would find, I would hear words that he would use. And he now says, I can't believe how I used to treat you. I can't believe how I never saw how bad I was towards you and how I was with my kids. And it was at that moment when I remember, um, my daughter coming to me and saying, mom, you know, it really hurts me to see my brothers ask me questions about well how do I stop you know being a certain way because of things that his, their dad would tell them and it took it took a lot of those moments for my for me to be like, you know I have to walk away because I can't allow somebody to damage that little soul because that child will grow up to be a man and he will treat his wife that way. Mm. and I have to have the courage to never allow somebody to hurt my kids. And walk away from it. Because the moment you walk away, you're saving your child's life. And I'm still, you know, dealing with the emotional, you know, baggage that my kids have to deal with. And I still, to this point, I'm still dealing with it, but I'm always working with them. And I always lead with love. Love is the one and only way to heal a heart. And that's what I do. I'm constantly leading with love and I know I'm corny and I know my kids are like, mom, you're so annoying. I'm like, I don't care. I love you. (laughs) You know, it's always leading with love because that's what they need to heal from so much trauma. And I will say that, you know, for women that are out there that, you know, don't know where to start, there's always a way you have to save your kids from seeing that. They, I, my kids make fun of me because I tell them no horror movies. And they're just like, mom, really? And I'm like, your eyes are the windows to your soul. And if you protect your eyes from seeing things in your ears, from hearing things, you guys will literally live a happier life. And I, they make fun of me because they're like, my eyes are the windows to my soul. <laughs> I'm like, it's true. Please take care of yourselves so that you can live a happier life. And I do believe that if these women that are out there that are watching us or listening to this, if you're in a situation where you're in, in, a, in a bad situation, a bad marriage, violent situation, you will survive. And it's better to walk away while you still can. Mm-hmm. And my friend Emma couldn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And she's not here anymore. And her kids saw the final product. Her kids saw her go through her last breath. And it's, it's sad. And no one should have to see that. Your kids should never have to experience that.
1: Veronica, Veronica if, you could, if we could take you back to being nine years old, like the little yeah. girl, and you had the courage and confidence that you do right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and your two parents were sitting in front of you right now, what would you say to them?
2: I would tell my parents to walk away friends I would tell my parents it's time for you guys to love each other enough to walk away because the violence is so much and the verbal abuse is so much that there's no reason for it. And we, you know, kids pray that their parents never get a divorce. I couldn't believe I would pray for them to get a divorce because I knew that if they got away from each other, they would be happier people. But you know, they just didn't. And I would, I would literally tell my parents, you know, if it was, if it was me, I would tell my parents, you know, you guys can be, you guys can be friends. And you know, I had to tell you, everybody tells me all the time. They're like, I can't believe you can be good friends with your ex after everything you've been through. I'm like, you know why? Because we all make mistakes and we all have to grow. And every child grows up to be a man. And it's only a damaged man that causes these kind of problems in their marriage. It's a person that has actually been through heartache and it's not his fault. It's not his dad's fault. It's just the upbringing. That's all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, luckily I never went through the physical violence, but still the verbal, the, ver- the verbal abuse is just as bad, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's incredible because what my mama always told me, she said that uh, God's going to build a man, a husband, and then a father. Yeah. And we were working in our men's group, uh, on Tuesday and we were talking, I was talking with the guys and I said, uh, you know, but he, and she was very specific that he was going to build them in that order,
2: yeah.
1: man, husband, father. Yeah. But a lot of times in our society, we get it out of line. Yeah. So we haven't built the man yet and we instantly become a father. We become yeah. a father and then we become a husband. And what I was telling the guys and what God just opened up to me was if you're having challenges being a father, stop for a second and go work on being a man or go work on being a husband. If you're having the challenge being a husband, stop and go work on being a man. And it'll always bring it back. It always is, is able to bring it back to that point from that little girl who. You know, I mean, almost every little girl, I would say every little girl searches for the love of their daddy. Oh, yeah.
2: Right? Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say, like, what would you say to your, to your pop? He's sitting in front of you right now, coming from little girl, daddy's little girl, unfiltered. What would you say to him?
2: You know it was a tough relationship with him because I didn't have him in my life after the divorce, and um you know i I was raised by an incredible man after their divorce. My mom married a man who i to me is my father, and he passed away two years ago. but the interesting thing about the whole thing is that um he taught me that love that was needed, and he taught me what true love was, so Um, I, I had the, the pleasure to be with him the last 10 days of his life Mm. and to really take care of him and be there for him. Oh, that's gonna cry. (laughs) And, uh, he just was such an amazing human being that he taught me what real love was. And that's why, when I said, once they got a divorce, it was amazing to be raised by him because he taught us values. Morals, love, the things I always looked for in a man. You know, I wanted a man who had, who was moral, who had love for God. I wanted a man, but I ended up going with my biological father, thinking, "Oh, if I go with this man, this is what you know. This just made sense, you know." And um, you know, honestly, my ex is—he's actually a really good man, but he made bad choices. And, you know, again, like I said, we all make mistakes, right? But I will tell you, I learned so much from that upbringing. But my my uh, biological father, I had an opportunity to go to his funeral. And the pastor at the church says to me, would you like to say a few words? And I said, I can't. I can't say any words. I said, because I don't really know him like that. And he says, well, you know, he was a good member of society and he was this and he was that. I said, well, I'm glad he was because he needed to redeem himself from so much hurt that he inflicted in the world. And I said, and I just, I'm glad to hear that he was like that for other people because he wasn't like that for us. He wasn't a good father. He, he, the beatings were horrible for us. And when you say the chancla, it's true. <laughs> you know, it was like, we really got spankings and we really, it was not good, it was not pretty. But um, I, I will tell you, I had an opportunity to forgive him and let him go in peace because he passed away as well. Same two years ago. And I I just told him, I said, I just wish that, you know, I would have had an opportunity to get to know you better because I think we could have been good friends, even though you're my biological father, but you know, it's, it's fine. God does things for a reason. And, you know, if he would have been a better man, I think we could have had a great relationship, but he had lessons to learn. We all have lessons to learn. And God was preparing me for this moment because I knew that I wasn't just put here to do makeup. That's not true. I was put here for a greater purpose and whatever that purpose was, I kept saying, why I kept saying, why are you putting all these millionaires in my life? Like all of my clients are like affluent clients. And I said, why, why, why was I put in this situation? Why did I have to go 12 years ago to work on these women? Why did I continue that journey up until now? What were you preparing me for? I never had the answer till now. Now I know what my answer was. It was to really make an impact, to transform women across the world because it's not just Las Vegas. I wanna open up a facility in every city across the country. And that's gonna be my mission i'm gonna do it because i feel like there's so much need especially in towns in places where there's just not enough funding el paso is near and dear to my heart i love el paso most people are like el paso i'm like you know what it's a good place they need money they need help and we need to help them there's such a problem there and no one takes resources there i want to take resources there i want to take opportunities for women and help as many women as we can.
1: Well, now's the time when you're hearing this, uh, uh, if you're listening or watching, um, to get involved. Uh, check the link in the bio. Click the link in the bio and, and check it out. It's uh, New Light, New Life. And um, Veronica, you're you're unbelievable. It's it's incredible because a lot of times people would just say, I mean, you're one of the top in the business in the makeup uh, space, and uh, they would just be like, Ah, you know, I'm good. Like I work on select. I work on the you know celebrity side, I'm, I'm highly sought after. So I'm good. I'm just going to take care of myself. But you've turned that around and said, Hey, I want to, I want to help. I want to give a hand up, which I think is amazing. Um, I started the podcast because of people like you that are icons of what I feel, uh, you know, in, in this world. Um, I, I did it because I wanted my two kids, Maddox and McKenna to never worship idols, but be inspired by icons. And exactly. Um, so when I, when I started it, you know, I really wanted to show them that, you know, people like you icons are not superheroes. They're just human beings that have an amazing story that are in line with their purpose and have crazy work ethics. So what advice would you give to Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both their names, it would be awesome.
2: Absolutely. Maddox and McKenna. I would, the advice I would give you is for you to, Really follow your passion, lead with your heart, love what you do and help as many people as you can. We all have special gifts and that gift is not a coincidence. I call it a God-incidence. He put it into your hands for a reason and you have to help as many people as you can. No matter what it is, I wouldn't idol anybody. And I don't, I don't, I really don't. I think people are extraordinary Um, someone said to me yesterday, if you want a billion dollars right now, what would you do? I said, I would fund my organization across the United States. I would literally continue my mission because that is who I am. I would continue to bless people. I would, I kept thinking, I would buy a house for this person. I would buy a car for that person. Why? Because I know they need it. And as much as you can do for the world, always try to lead with your heart and help as many people as you can. That's what I would do.
1: <laughs> Veronica, you're better than advertised and you're advertised very, <laughs> very well. Um, for those of you out there listening and, and watching, uh, to experience the, uh, the podcast live, we created the vibe Room, And uh, the Vibroom is, uh, it's taking people like a Veronica and you actually get to be in the studio audience and be able to experience her. Imagine spending time, not only hearing this interview with An incredible icon, but also being able to sit down with them after the show and have a conversation. Come up close. That's what the Vibe Room is. The next Vibe Room is October 5th. It's in Salt Lake City. The tough part about it is there's only 60 tickets and 45 of them are already spoken for. So there's only 15 tickets available to this. And the reason why I wanted to create the Vibe Room is because I wanted to create an environment where it was the live podcast. It was the heart of Oprah the intellect of David Letterman and the comedy of Jimmy Fallon mash those together and put it in a speakeasy club in Salt Lake city. And you got the vibe Room. the next one, October 5th. Uh, look forward to having all you guys out. Uh, Veronica, you have been absolutely phenomenal. I want to thank all our sponsors too and help. Uh, and I want to thank everyone who's been listening and rocking with the podcast because it helped us to get in the top 1% globally. And I, I my hat's off. My heart is full. Um, our our sponsors uh, check out Chris Nagle, Mr. Chris Nagle with uh, Money School. Um, check out uh, Jim DiGiulio with uh, Volvo Cars, uh, Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Poppington's popcorn because if it's not Poppington, it's just basic. It's just popcorn. But I I love you uh, uh, all for listening. And Veronica, it has been my absolute pleasure you. having you on the show.
2: Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here, and I'm just grateful for everything you're doing. You're doing a great job. I love listening to your podcast. They're amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Veronica, tell tell the people how they can get involved because again, when, when I go back to it as we finish up today, as I go back to it, a lot of times people say it's a heavy subject. We're talking about human trafficking. We're talking about getting women, you know, battered women back into the workforce, all these things. I want to be involved, but I don't know how. How can they get involved and how can they, you know, help to champion this cause that, that you have created?
2: We, they can get involved with in so many ways, you know, obviously donating, and he included the, the link as well, um, but volunteering. We would love to get your volunteers, uh, get volunteers to be involved. Um, we're going to need help. We need to spread the cheer and help people and, you know, whatever you can help with. Some people will say, oh, we can donate handbags, whatever, whatever you can help with. We're there and uh, they can go to our organization, which is www.newlightnewlife.org.
1: We've got the link and what we're going to do, too. I'm a owner of... Uh, um... A financial literacy company for hairdressers, and so what we're going to do is we're, it's called Dollar Camp, and it create it helps to be able to create financial literacy, which creates financial freedom for hairdressers. And what we're going to do is we'll take and we'll donate one of the books for every single person who comes to the facility.
2: Thank you. Does that sound That's good? Amazing. Thank you so much. That's so needed. See what I mean? <laughs> it's so needed.
1: well we we absolutely love you guys check out the vibe room the vibe room the vibe room check that out uh secret knock is coming up uh march 4th or march 19th through the 21st it's the number one networking conference in the world that you can't go to unless you're invited but your boy here is the co-host and he might know somebody who could get you invited uh reach out to me um make sure you review you smash the subscribe button And you keep listening and rocking with the podcast. We thank you so much. Veronica, you are officially off the hot seat.
2: Yay!